Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features Merv Smith with a message on love. Tonight I'd like to talk to you about power. Is that a good subject? Real power. Uh, More powerful than anything else. There's nothing else that is as as powerful as the power that I'd like to talk about. Uh, You know, this isn't going to be a great big whopper of a sermon. (laughs) But I'd just like you to get inspired about this power I'm talking about. I hope it burns off path right into your spirit so that you'll never, never forget these words from the scriptures. Amen? Amen. Okay. (laughs) We'll tackle it. (laughs) Um, It's um, the most beautiful subject you could ever talk about. Am I getting warmer? You know what I'm going to (laughs) say? It's the most wonderful thing there is in the world or in heaven. Everywhere. It's the most wonderful power that God ever bestowed upon mankind. It's creative, it's fragrant, it's it's huge, it's big, it's everlasting, it never passes away. So now you know what I'm going to talk about. L-O-V-E, love. Love never fails. Love abides forever. The love of God is pure. The love of God is a cleansing agent. Even love between ourselves as Christians, the fellowship that we share one with another, is a cleansing process. The scripture says that we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from sin if we walk in the light as he is in the light. You know, I, I think the most wonderful story or illustration of the value of fellowship is when uh, Christ was raised from the dead And people started to hear about it. And some were so surprised when they heard it, they couldn't believe it. Even when he appeared in their presence. And it says that they they saw him, but some doubted. There was no explanation how all of a sudden Jesus was there. And uh, these two folks were going down the Emmaus Road. We know the story well. And uh, they were in deep conversation, a kind of a searching subject they had, and uh, uh, bringing up memories of how Christ must have been the Messiah. How he told us about the love of God, 
He lifted sinners. He kept company with sinners. And cleansed them of their sin. Washed them. White as snow. Made new people of them. Gave them the new birth. So that they could understand something of the wonderful things that he spoke of. Of the kingdom of heaven. And they were walking along and they were talking about these things. And uh, really confused. And who wouldn't be? <laughs> but here's the nice part. The third person joined them. You ever have that happen? Sure you have. You're having fellowship. You're talking with someone else over lunch or a cup of coffee or, or traveling in your car or wherever it might be. And, and, a, and a scripture comes to your mind. And you start examining it. And then another one comes. Uh, a friend of mine uh, was in the hospital uh, near the end of his life. Uh, we thought he might recover. So a friend, another friend and I went to visit this brother. He was a very good piano player. And uh, the other brother came from Vancouver all the way to meet to see Dick. And we stood by his bed and we talked about the good things of God. And then Garth would say, oh, listen to this scripture. Isn't this wonderful? And he'd read it. And then I'd think of one and I'd read it. And then Dick would think of one and he'd read it. We had the attention of the whole ward. They were getting a Bible study that they had counted on. And so were we. It was wonderful. And Dick got feeling real good. He said, if you fellas would take me down to the room where the waiting room where the piano is. He said, I'd like to go and play the piano for a little while. And uh, we went down there. And I think there was one other person in, the, in that room. It's a fairly good sized room. And Dick got playing and started playing some beautiful songs, Christian songs. And then he began to play. There's something about that name. And I watched this lady that was sitting there. Her face just lit up like a Christmas tree. Because she loved the same name that Dick was playing. And she recognized the tune and the words, of course. She couldn't help but think of those beautiful words. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. The name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. You know, you can be so full of discouragement and consternation that you don't even recognize the presence of the Lord if you let it get you down. And that's what must have happened to these folks. And uh, then uh, he said, what is it that you're so troubled about? What well, is there, you know, 
he phrased the question so I guess they wouldn't suspect who he was and he had to do it very carefully I'm sure oh they said you must be a stranger around here imagine what a thing to say you must be a stranger here or just a couple of miles out of Jerusalem and uh, you must be a stranger here haven't you heard uh, what things he said <laughs> tell me about it well there was this man Jesus who went about doing good telling people about the kingdom of God telling us how much God loved mankind and we thought he was the Messiah oh he used pretty strong language you fools <laughs> I don't know if that's a good translation or not but I suppose we say oh you silly mutts <laughs> haven't you heard haven't you read the scriptures didn't you ever read what Isaiah said who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed and all we like sheep have gone astray and we've turned everyone to his own way and and he went on and the, the other prophets uh, that uh, wrote what God had revealed to them thank God for those prophets that were faithful to God I hope people I hope someday people will say thank God for those people, we thought they were a bunch of fanatics that God's poured his spirit upon and talked to them about the kingdom of God and they upheld these things and today we're enjoying the kingdom of God. And I, I'm not suggesting that we are the ones that are going to usher in the kingdom, don't get me wrong. But I'm thankful to God for anyone that understands enough of the scripture and believes it and lives by it and never, never doubts the things that God has promised to give us. So they went on this way and uh, they came to Emmaus and they made as Jesus made as though he wanted to go on. Maybe he took a few steps on. Well, I'll see you, see you sometime. You know, God bless you. And, and uh, well, they said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why don't you come and join us for supper and uh, of course that's what he wanted them to say <laughs> and he went in and sat down with them at the table and I'm sure the wheels were just spinning in their head the things that he said God had spoken to them personally I've heard so many people say, I've said it myself, wouldn't it have been wonderful to be there when Jesus walked on the water? And when he turned the water into wine, when he touched the blind people and cleansed lepers and, and, and all and cast demons out of people. Oh, I love to read those accounts when he cast the devil out of somebody that's bound all their lifetime by some terrible thing. And, uh, but, you know, I, really, I wouldn't want to go back there. I'm glad we're right here. And we should thank God every day that we are right where we are. 
Hallelujah. If God would have wanted us back there, he'd have had us born back there. But he wants us here in 2007. And I hope for another, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years or so for me anyway, going for 120. And so far so good, as they say. And that's not original with me. My brother told me that. He said that he's going for 120. Well, as long as we can maintain our, our strength and, and our abilities, uh, uh, why not? Stay around as long as I can be useful in some way to that great kingdom of God. Why does it take so long for the kingdom of God to come? Well, for one thing, the kingdom of God has a foundation that no other kingdom has ever had. It has the truth and it has the love of God in every part of it. And it is everlasting. It will never pass away. All other kingdoms have come and gone and there's still some on the earth today and they will also pass away. But God's kingdom will never pass away. It is forever. Hallelujah. And God wants us to have a part in his kingdom. Praise God. <clears throat> so it's the love of God that is more powerful than hatred. More powerful than anything else that we have available to us. Love can stop wars. Love can avert crises and wars. Love can keep a ship afloat. <laughs> Love can do all kinds of things that are necessary to fulfill the plan of God. Hallelujah. And I thank God that he has given us of his love. The love of God is, is big. It's huge. It has no beginning and no end. It's infinite. And he said, I want to plant it in you. I want to pour it out in your spirit by my spirit. I want it to be shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So you can get the feeling of the kingdom. And you get to understand something of what it is that we are so eagerly looking forward to. Praise God. The love of God is more valuable than anything else. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a man who, uh, a merchant that, or no, a man that found uh, a treasure in a field. And I suppose their laws were such that whatever's in the field, if you own the field, you own the treasure. So he went and bought the field, and I guess he didn't tell the fellow he was buying it from that he found something in there of great value. So he bought the whole field so that he might obtain that treasure. Maybe it was no treasure to, to anybody else. Maybe the owner didn't regard it as anything of great value. But this merchant 
who specialized in whatever this treasure was, recognized that this is what he desired more than all that he had. And he sold everything he had so that he might purchase that treasure. Glory to God. That's what Brother was uh, exhorting us about tonight. Give it all to Jesus. Bless him with all that is within you and all that is within me. Lord, help me to somehow get involved more and and in a, in a greater way, expand my ability. And I suppose that depends on me too. It's like exercising your your muscles and your 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 ability, your ability, even your brain, by exercise. It makes it better, makes it more efficient, and we can love God more and more if we put it all into. You know, God is wonderful in the way He does business. God doesn't like doing business with half-hearted people. He, if, he's, if it's serious business he's doing for us, he wants to see appreciation for all that he's done for us. I used to be in the contracting business, and we were often given opportunity to go and pick up the plans and, and go over them and... Uh, and give an estimate for our product to be installed. And uh, there'd be some fellows would, they'd have friends in the same business, and so they just wanted to get a price from us so that they could tell their friends and they'll bid a few thousand dollars less, and they'd get the job. <laughs> and that goes on all the time. But you know, you can... It's not hard to tell when a person's playing games and they're going to try and outsmart you. You ever come across anybody like that? <laughs> if you haven't, you're going to <laughs> because there's lots of them around. But God doesn't like doing business that way. He likes us to mean business and say, yes, we're willing to pay the price. Oh, hallelujah. Because we want to purchase that which is something that is eternal. That's a good deal. You know, when, when Chuck Colson, maybe those of you that are old enough to remember the Watergate thing, when he uh, uh, was put in, in jail for some of the political stunts <laughs> that, they, that politicians did those days, but they don't do it anymore, of course. <laughs> but... He said the, the reporters, he, he, uh, it, during this whole upset in his life, he found Christ. And a friend of his that uh, owns a very, very large corporation and his company uh, looked after their legal end and he, that was his, he was their lawyer. And so I went to see his friend one night and he told him how he found comfort in trust in God and to receive Jesus Christ into his heart and what a difference it made in his life and he gave him the gospel and uh, Chuck said you know 
I didn't know what was going on with me. I said, I started to drive. I couldn't drive any farther. I had to pull over to the side of the road. And I wept and I wept and I wept and cried out to God. And the Lord saved him and, and had a wonderful born-again experience. So the, the reporters got on to him. And they said, oh, they said, uh, when he, was, he gave his testimony, I heard him say it on, right on TV being interviewed just before he went to jail. And he said, well, I can serve the Lord in jail too. He said, I've found Christ. And, and uh, he knows a better way to live. I just forget the words that he used. And, uh, oh, they said, uh, you just traded Nixon for Jesus. Well, he said, that's a pretty good trade, don't you think? <laughs> I thought that was a real word of wisdom. And it was a good trade. Anything that you can trade with God so that his presence can live within you, that that anointing that fills you with the love of God, take it, give him what he asks, because it's worth it. He's giving you a treasure that maybe you'll have to purchase the whole field, but you'll have that treasure. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a merchant that sought a pearl of great price, a goodly pearl. And finally, one day he came across one and he asked the price that he didn't have enough money. So he sold all that he had, all that he had, everything he had of value that he could sell so that he'd get enough money. And it came to enough and he purchased it. And then he was the owner of something that had great price. Well, God is dealing in pearls or in treasures hidden fields. He's dealing in eternal life. He said, if you trust in me, I will make you a pillar in the house of my God. I'll dwell in you. The house of God is filled with his presence in every integral part of that temple. And the scripture tells us that we are the temple of God. Your body, imagine that. How can my body, how can your body be a temple of God? Well, that's God's design, not yours and mine. And that's his words. Praise God. <clears throat> Love is what is powerful enough to bring about the kingdom of God. Well, I, I made a bunch of notes here. I, I, I just don't know where to go from here. It, it, this is just so big and so vast and so wonderful. <clears throat> Love is even more powerful than hope. It's more powerful. Jesus, uh, as we said, he cast out demons. He cleansed lepers. He made blind eyes see and the lame to walk and all these wonders. And he raised the dead. And, but it says in, it tells us in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to read some of that. 
I'll try to do something that I never do, and that is run overtime. <clears throat> I'll try not to do that. Uh, when you get finished listening, let me know and I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop talking. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. Let's go back to the 31st verse of, verse of uh, chapter 12. 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret any names? Others are all apostles and all the wonderful things. Do all work of miracles? Do all, all these things that are active in the body of Christ, in the temple of God. But not everybody does all of them. We all have our part to do whatever it is that he has chosen us and designed you for that purpose. Don't try and serve God the way you think you should serve God. But ask God to guide and lead your life so that the way he has designed you will fulfill the purpose of your personality and your appearance and, and your knowledge and understanding. But, you know, we want to do it the way we think. I'd like to be able to do what so-and-so does. Wouldn't it have been wonderful to be with the Apostle Paul and help him write those wonderful epistles and so on. You know, we all have to come the same way the Apostle Paul came to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Don't try and do it your way. If Frank Sinatra wants to sing that old song, you know, I did it my way. <laughs> And people used to like to hear him say, oh, he did it his way and all that kind of thing. But when it comes to eternal things, if we try and serve God and fulfill God's purpose another way, you know, it'll be that way forever. Because God's eternal purpose is eternal. And we're not here because we just happened to be born and so on. We're here according to God's plan, all of us. And he has a place where we can all fit and glorify God in the body of Christ. When the move first started, we, we thought, oh, it won't be long now, a couple or three or four years. And, and all Christians all over the world We'll be worshiping. We'll have a great big tabernacle here in North Battleford that'll seat about 10,000 people. And all the Christians will be one big mass congregation. But we're finding that God's ways are different than our ways. And whatever way it is he leads us, let us be sure and fulfill his purpose in our life the way he wants us to be and be thankful that he has included us. So in the 13th chapter, he, now Paul says, he says, yet I show you a more excellent way. 
Love is more powerful than these things. And he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. You know, I've often prayed, oh God, help us when we're preaching to these folks over here in India or Korea and uh, different countries where we've gone. Lord, help us to talk their language one of these days. <laughs> we tried. And I know I'll never forget one night I was sharing this with uh, Brother Luff today and uh, <clears throat> another brother as we were uh, uh, talking about these things. And <clears throat> we, we, had, we, we couldn't use the interpreter that we had uh, for various re for one main reason. <laughs> And, and uh, we were without an interpreter. And uh, I, I said to the, the other brothers, look, we better pray. Uh, we're going to a, a cru outdoor crusade. There's going to be hundreds of people there. We all do this. And, and uh, we had no interpreter. And so uh, we thought, well, we'll just pray. <laughs> we did. And we drove away out into the country at um, a place called Sultan Battery. And uh, they pronounce it Sultan Battery. <laughs> and uh, I often wonder, what is it they're saying? Sultan Battery. <laughs> but anyway, it was a Sultan who used to live there and he had a battery of, of army uh, men there. And so that's how I suppose it got, it got its name. But anyway, <clears throat> we got in our taxis and drove away out into the country and here was a crowd of people uh, waiting there and, and it, it was dark by this time we got loud speaker systems up still no interpreter and uh, still nobody got the gift of languages and, <laughs> and uh, we're waiting and waiting and uh, and then just as they were singing the last song of the singing part in walks a dear beloved friend that we were so happy to see <laughs> and uh, he's been here he came here to the brother VT George and uh, and I said brother George if you only knew how glad we are to see you here tonight <laughs> and so afterwards he said I was working away he had a very good government job a very responsible job uh, in the transportation end of things and he said that um, I was working away at my desk and he said, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, go home and pack your bags and go to Sultan Battery. So he made whatever arrangements he could make and he caught the first train. It was almost a two day tr train ride to get there. And, and you know, you talk about God's timing. If we just trust God, he can fix things a lot better than we can, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. If we trust him, and if he can ever get us to the place where he can trust us, that'll really be something. You know, we've seen this so so often. Somebody gets blessed with a wonderful gift of the Spirit, and they, they do it, and the next thing they're on TV, and they're before tens of thousands of people, and the next thing you hear, all oh, this happened to him, and you know, he's, he's gone. Human nature can't be trusted with those things, unless the human part of it dies. 
That's the thing. That's the key. I have to die. Paul said, I die daily. Well, brother uh, George came and he started, uh, he did the interpretation and, and uh, we had a, a, a wonderful meeting. And he said, I, I was working away at my desk, as I said, and uh, we, uh, uh, I packed, went home, packed my bag, gone on the train, came up here right at the very minute when we needed him. <laughs> Wasn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Trust God. He knows what he's doing. He knows the end from the beginning and everything in the middle. Praise God. So it may go different than what we think. Trust God. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forsaken me. He has kept his promise. Hallelujah. But what he wants us to learn is more of his love. He said uh, in this 13th chapter, and I'll just quickly go through some of it. First of all, it tells us what love is not. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm like a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to the poor, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, I can give all my goods, he said. All your goods, everything. And give, then give your body to be burned. If I haven't got love, it isn't worth a tinker's dime. Is that the old saying? <laughs> Something like that anyway. <laughs> it isn't worth anything. Hallelujah. But the gift of God that he gives us. And how do we get this love he's talking about here? The most powerful thing that God has for us. That can take away sin. That can forgive any sin. That can cleanse sin from us and give us strength to be powerful in the way that he has designed for us to be. Just to live so that Jesus Christ will be visible in our daily actions. And, uh, you know, at this time of the year over in the Philippine Islands, there's uh, usually... Probably tomorrow, somebody will get crucified. There's always somebody that they, yeah, they do. They stretch themselves out on the cross and they drive a big spike through their feet and on their hands and stand it up. Take it down again afterwards. <laughs> but it's of no value. Every one of us here tonight could be crucified. It wouldn't wipe away one sin. There is no value in human effort to abolish sin. Because God is the one who made the laws that he wants us to keep. And we can't keep them in our own strength. We have to depend on the presence of the divine touch from heaven that will lift us above these things. And though we fail from time to time, 
praise God. He says, there's another day. I'll help you. Trust me. And he pours his love into us by his spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. But the righteousness of Christ clothes us completely with his righteousness. Oh, that's something. With the, did you ever think of that? With the righteousness of Christ. You're justified in God's presence. Excuse me for yelling. I, I, I got hearing aids, you know, when you get hearing aids, you talk a little louder. <laughs> anyway, I hope you hear what I'm trying to say. I hope you feel what we feel from these wonderful scriptures. And those two that were down, that in, I, I left, forgot this part that I love so much. Jesus sat down with them at the table and they asked him to bless the food. And as he broke the bread, oh, they said, here he is. He is alive. And then he was gone. Oh, they said, no wonder our hearts burned within us. Hallelujah. As we walked with him in the way. Whether you're sitting over lunch, whether you're walking down the road or driving in your car when you're concentrating and focusing on the wonders of God's kingdom and his creation, your heart will burn within you too. Because Jesus will come along and be part of your conversation. And you know, just like when we were visiting Dick, uh, it, it just seemed to pop. You know, and another scripture would come and another one. And we just all got so blessed. Praise the Lord. So he goes on, and, and this is what uh, man's love uh, cannot produce, uh, the, these things. And so um, he who speaks, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> uh, it, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, in the Phillips, it says, and all of human knowledge. I heard a fellow say the other day that the human brain could contain all human knowledge up to today. And who knows how much farther and have room to spare. But you have to put it in there first. That's what God has made in here, in this cranium. You know, you can think, you can calculate, and you, you can study history and all these things, and it can be retained. Uh, it slips a little when you get in the 80s somehow. <laughs> but if I had that gift of knowledge that I had all the knowledge there is, I shook hands with a man one day, he had 52 degrees to his name, most of which I'm sure were honorary, and that was Dr. Malik, one of the most prominent political scientists that we've had in our day. He's dead now, but a fine, wonderful, godly man. And somebody introduced me uh, to him at a, at a prayer breakfast, and he was there. And he came to our city 
uh, by invitation at some celebration. I, I wish I could have been there to hear them, but uh, they said that they were expecting to hear a great big scientific uh, oration and, and uh, all facts and figures and so on. And he, uh, he uh, Daryl was there, my son, and he said that uh, he just gave us a simple Sunday school lesson. And he said it was real good. Oh, hallelujah. These things we treasure above everything else. The truth of the kingdom of God. So, these things that uh, it mentions here. Love suffers long and is kind. It tells us now how, what, uh, what the love really is. And it, uh, it does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It, does, it vaunteth not itself, it says in another translation. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Uh, is not provoked. Oh, it doesn't get provoked at all. I think another one says not easily provoked. But this says here, it doesn't get provoked, period. Lord, help me with this one. Amen. So, thinks no evil. You don't even have to turn on the TV to see evil these days. You know, your brain can manufacture enough on its own. If you walk in the flesh. But the love of God changes your mind. And gives us something better to think about on a higher level. Hallelujah. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they will fail. Whether there be our tongues, they will cease. Whether there uh, is knowledge, it will vanish away. I don't know why in the world, people, how they get this out of this, this scripture. They said, well, uh, that which has perfect, which is the Bible, has come so we don't need tongues anymore. So tongues will have ceased. And it's wrong to speak in tongues. Don't believe it. It's a wonderful privilege. To talk God's language in your private conversation with the Almighty. It will inspire reverence in your heart and lift you above the humdrum of the day uh, in which we live. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how dark it gets in this world. The light within us will shine all the brighter. Oh, hallelujah. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That's how you get this love. You have to be filled with the Spirit. If you want more of it, you want to walk in that wonderful influence of His anointing. So whether there be tongues and all these things vanish away, for we know in part and prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away. God isn't going to throw it on the scrap heap. He's going to uh, glorify it more. 
And, uh, and I, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror darkly, dimly, but then face to face. Now I am in, I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. All those wonderful things Jesus did, he calmed the sea, and he did all those wonderful things. But love is stronger than faith. That's what it says. It says the greatest of these is love. Oh, hallelujah. You want to get some of that love? Well, start out by smiling. <laughs> Do good things for each other. Let the Holy Spirit have control of your life. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. When I first went to Bible college, I thought I knew quite a bit. I, I'd read most of the Bible right through. And I thought that was pretty good. And uh, one day the, the Spirit of God was outpoured upon the the whole student body, and uh, I couldn't enter in. I was, oh Lord, I wanted to be filled with more of his blessing, and I just couldn't seem to enter in. I said, Lord, what's wrong with me? And uh, the Lord spoke to me, and, I, and then I wished I'd, I wished I'd have never asked. He says, you're full of pride. Oh. He said, go and ask the brethren, the staff or the teachers to lay hands on you and pray for you. That's a hard thing to say. I have too much pride, pray for me. They did. And God helped me. And I tell you, whenever I get stupid kind of elated uh, thoughts of my own importance all I got to do is think back to that day and oh Lord help me <laughs> I don't want to go through that again because it will stop the blessing of God it will hinder his working in your life like nothing else it'll stop that flow of his blessing but the love of God endures for ever and it is for everybody God loves us the same he doesn't love you any more than he loves me he doesn't love one race any more than the other he loves us the same Jesus died for everyone praise God and he says come and drink at my fountain of love I will pour out my spirit in your heart and the love of God will come with it. Oh, hallelujah. There's a whole lot of more scriptures I meant to bring in with it, but I think I'll stop there. And I think you got what I was trying to say, were you?
Hallelujah. Read that 13th chapter and read the first two or three chapters of First John. Read the whole First John. And I read all those things in making preparation. I work hard for this, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's, these are words of life. Yeah, I can't stop. <laughs> Somebody come up here and make the announcements and I'll keep quiet. But never stop talking about God's love. Fellowship one with another. Encourage one another. Don't never mind their faults. You've got enough of your own. I've got enough of my own. I'm not here to tell you your faults. I don't want to know them. God knows them all. Hallelujah. But he wants you to be a light that's shining. I've told you this little incident before how they 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 took a picture of the earth from the moon at night and uh, on the earth night and uh, there was one little bright bright light that outshone all the blazing lights of the big cities and they couldn't figure out what it was and they searched around if they wanted to know and they found that somebody in the laboratory had left a 40 watt laser bulb turned on overnight and a laser is light that is so concentrated that it can cut through steel and this little light could be seen 250,000 miles away because it was focused to the very limit and it's a laser light God puts lights in the sky that you can see them. They found a, a Nova the other year, a couple of years ago, to 82 million light years away. Isn't that something? And you could, and it took all that time for that light to reach the earth. I mean, you know, just, I mean, that's how fast light is. Focus your little light and it'll be seen for not only a long distance, it'll be seen for a long time. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.